Welcome to another episode of Palm Wine Central. I'm one of your hosts, Uncle AK. And you already know with me today, you know, I got my guys, Boss Man Aziz. Yo, yo. Happy How you Tuesday. Doing? Happy Tuesday, bro. How you doing? Good, good. How are you, bro? Man, I'm great, man. Smoking Joe. How you yeah, doing, bro? We're back at it again. Yeah, we're back at it, man. Man, what happened to your mic? My mic? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going, I'm freestyling with, the, with this tonight. Uh, gotcha. Okay. So we'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I mean, it's going to be a great episode, man. But check this. This episode is sponsored by or powered by Stuckin' Little Podcast. You know, what is a child without a parent? So, you know what I mean? Go follow them. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to all the um, social platforms and all, you know, they're on all streaming platforms as well. So subscribe. And also subscribe to our, um, subscribe to Palm Wine Central on all streaming platforms. And also, too, on all social platforms at Pound One Central. You know, check us out, man. Send us some questions. We'd love to, you know, get questions from you guys, you know, what we want to talk about. Because sometimes, you know, we could run out of topics. So if you guys send us some stuff to talk about, why not? Also, too, if you'd like to, you know, connect with us, you know, if you have a topic that you want to come discuss on, on this platform, you are welcome. Just email us or, you know, hit us, you know, hit us up in our DMs. You know I mean, welcome, man. Just come do. Sit with your boys, man. Boss man, as he's smoking Joe. But you know, if you come and come correct, because smoking Joe's a uh, book weapon, and then as this just has the um, sword right next to it, you know what I mean? The so, one two punch, you know, yeah. So just come correct. But hey, listen, this episode, man, we got a good one. It's something that we don't really talk about, it's something that most of us don't even have a clue about. You know, um, every time you hear the subject, you dodge the subject, like. Uh, 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 um, um, what's that one game in the, you know, in, the, in, in we used to play it back then in high school, man, in the gym. You know, you hold a ball and you throw it at somebody. Dodgeball. Yeah, dodgeball. You know, people dodge the subject mm-hmm. like they're playing dodgeball and stuff. You know, um, not to talk too much, man. It's life insurance. What do you know about life insurance? Do you even have life insurance? Do you know what type of life insurance are there? You know what I mean? Um, when people say life insurance, can you stand and hold the conversation and say, yo, you know, I know what this is about or I have a clue of what it's about. But listen, we're fortunate enough to have um, a guest, you know, come talk to us about it. You know, um, hopefully this is not just the last episode, but just one of many. I think I'm yeah. talking too much, man. Let me just introduce our guest. You know, he's none other than Dr. Oliver Taku. You know, he's my uncle. But for this episode, I'm just calling Newman. No disrespect, Uncle. So, Newman, welcome to Palm One Central. Thank you, Uncle AK, for this opportunity. And thank you, Joe and um, Aziz. I look forward to a conversation with you guys. Absolutely. But not to go too far, you know, we're just going to let you, you know, have the opportunity to introduce yourself again. You know, um, tell us about yourself, who you are, what you do and how you landed yourself in this whole life insurance thing? Well, um, professionally, I, I wear two caps. The first one, I'm a pharmacist by profession. I currently I hold a director's position at Western Michigan University um, Health Center, um, where I direct um, uh, pharmacy services. And uh, also, <clears throat> I'm a licensed um, uh, financial uh, professional uh, especially with life insurance, um, of a business background as well, um, holding an MBA in um, 
in finance. Um, again, um, the reason why I landed um, or this opportunity presented itself to me and I embraced it is because having spent um, um, two years times two, um, going to a business school twice, um, I found uh, out that there are some fundamental principles about managing money and building wealth that are not taught in a business school. Even with all this education, um, we're not taught that. And uh, that there are simple rules of money and how to build wealth. And life insurance is not just simply what you hear people talk about out there, but it is the cornerstone in the foundation of building wealth. Um, and I look forward to sharing that with you. Mm. Before we even get into it, and I know the fellas, you guys have a ton of questions. Um, shout out to you for actually, you know, doing a little bit of homework to see what we really talk about on this platform. You actually went back and listened to our previous episode we had on um, EQ versus IQ. And you actually mentioned that, you know, you had a few words, you know, to share on that topic. So um, before we really dive into um, life insurance, please just share your idea, your thoughts. I mean, I know you're well-versed and well-read on EQ and IQ, so hey, you know what to do. Just go ahead and do it. Hey, thank you. I enjoyed that episode. Um, it was phenomenal. And um, I couldn't uh, hold myself but share uh, my own thoughts, you know. Um, EQ, as we commonly call it, uh, emotional quotient, or as the, the, the pioneer of, uh, um, uh, of this field, Daniel Goldman, um, he calls it e, um, 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 emotion, uh, emotional intelligence, okay, EI, emotional intelligence. Um, and then IQ, as we commonly know it, um, measures, you know, your um, your skills uh, by giving you a standardized exam, and and then it measures that you're you're within a group of people um, of the same age, you know. So they give you a score, and this is your score. It measures your ability, you know, cognitive ability, and and so on and so forth. But when it comes to um, to emotional intelligence, um, it is a little different. For you to rise up to higher ranks and really, really do well in terms of performance as a leader in any uh, company in corporate America, you have to have a heavy dose of both. I, would, I wouldn't lie. Um, uh, tell you that IQ can get you through the door, okay, at the ground level. You need that because you need those skills to be able to, you know, do the basic work, like functional skills. But in order to really soar in performance compared to your peers, you need to have emotional intelligence. So you're probably asking, but I know you guys went over this last time. Uh, emotional intelligence, uh, so uh, simply, it has five components, okay? Um, like self-regulation, self-awareness. Um, do you know yourself? What are your strengths? You know, can you control your emotions um, such that they don't interrupt another person? Or do you know the impact of your emotions uh, on another person? You know, that helps to deal with uh, cross-cultural, uh, you know, issues and so on and so forth. Empathy. If somebody steps in front of you or you are a leader 
um, and you have a department or you have a company to lead and a coworker comes to you crying, maybe they lost their dog or something as, as very basic as, you know, their kid didn't do well in school. Can you empathize? Empathize mean, can you put yourself in the shoes in that, of that person and feel what they feel, you know, and relate to them, uh, you know, and social skills. How big is your, is your social circle? If it's that narrow, you're not going to go too far. So with these skills, um, you stand a chance. And if you have a, a combination of both, you stand a chance of doing really well. So and it, these are not, people are not born with them. Um, you could learn, these are learned skills, just like you could improve your IQ by just focusing on the areas where you're not doing well. And over time, you uh, improve with emotional intelligence, you can pick out a role model, okay, somebody that is doing well, and then have uh, ask for constructive feedback um, from somebody you know will give it and be open to accept those feedbacks. And you could learn that, and over time you could you can be very very um, good at this. Uh, so I would like to say that um, for you to really do well in the society, you need a heavy dose of both, and you can learn this. So let's take it back to. Life insurance, right? I feel like we're going to have a chance to speak more on this when we'll come back again, right? We can have an episode where we have questions, follow back on this. But for the sake of time and everything, let's fall back to life insurance. Again, um, when we speak of life insurance, what is life insurance, right? How can we make life insurance work for us? What is it that we really need to know about life insurance? What are the, at what age? Yes. Just wanted to get life insurance. At what age does one um, pass? Like, is it like a, a, a an age where you pass and you can't get life insurance? You know, all these things. Please talk to us. Wonderful, great questions. Um, hey, um, I will start from when you are born. I would say, let, but first of all, what is life insurance? So you see, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going to start by giving you a, a quick example. If you show up to the pharmacy, okay, and then you tell me you need acetyl salicylic acid, or I tell you I need acetyl salicylic acid, you're probably sitting there looking like, what? How about I tell you I need aspirin? You probably look at me like, why didn't you just say that in the first place? Right? That is aspirin. You know? So, the way we, the terminologies that we use sometimes have an impact on how the message is received and processed, okay? So when people hear about life insurance, it is associated, it has a negative connotation, especially among us for our race. You know, from, I come from Africa, when I, you know, and we didn't grow up talking about life insurance. And when you, the first time that people talk to you about life insurance, you're thinking, when I die and somebody else has to get the money, right? Mm -hmm. So why will I put my money waiting until I die and then somebody benefits? Wait a minute. Just pause for a second and, and reflect on what you just said. I will answer that and tell you why it is wrong in just a little bit. 
But what is life insurance? Life insurance is protection. Protection for yourself and for your family. Peace of mind. When you, and you have to have the right amount, not two, two people are not the same and never going to be the same in, when it comes to purchasing life insurance. You first of all have to go through what we call suitability or financial analysis to determine how much life insurance you need. What is your financial situation? Your debt, your mortgage, you know, you name it. Your kids' uh, um, college, if you're not around, and how will your spouse support themselves? Would they have a place to, you know, to lay their head if you are not here? If you are the breadwinner. So those things have to be factored in. How much money do you have in terms of uh, liquid cash? You know, how much of it is accessible? So you have to put all of that before you could determine how much life insurance you need to get. So when I say peace of mind, what, I, what I'm saying is you can sleep with a calm and cool head, knowing, knowing that those kids, if you have kids, or your spouse, if you have a spouse, if something happens tomorrow and you are no longer able to go to work and bring back the income that you get, how are they going to support themselves? How are you going to support yourself? Or, God forbid, the unthinkable happens. What is the unthinkable? Death. Are those kids going to be able to realize their dreams, go to college? Right? Will your spouse be able to maintain a roof over her head and with those kids? And, and vice versa. It's not one way for the lady and for the man. Right? And there is much more which I will come into. I will, I will get into that just in a little bit. So that is the peace of mind. Once you have secured that with the right amount. Because guess what? When you close your eyes in America, I don't know whether... Um, uh, Joe, have you heard about um, a probate court? No. What about you, Aziz? No. Wow. This is an opportunity to have just have an open mind. A probate court. And I'm going to tie this to insurance. Something that many of us out here don't know about. And it's time we start educating our people to be learn to learn about these things. Probate court, when you close your eyes, the first thing the nurse does in the hospital is to pick the phone. There's the 1-800 number that they call. Instantly, your accounts are frozen. Whatever money you have, 401k, Roth IRA, whatever, your savings account, they are frozen. Because, remember, Uncle Sam knows you have debts to pay. You have student loans to pay. Mortgages. So they're going to liquidate those things. First of all, take care of your creditors and whatever is left will be for your family. So it may take up to six months at the minimum. If you Google your local bar association, uh, uh, you will see all this information. It is not a secret for each state. So why do you want your family to go through this kind of stress? The IRS and the government, the life insurance has been here since you know, 2,000, um, um, 200 years ago, uh, uh, I beg your pardon, 200 years ago. And the laws that govern it are as solid as the, as the industry itself. So 
if you've read around uh, the, the 7702, um, the, the, IR, the IRC, that, that is Internal Revenue Code, you will really understand what I'm saying. So the money that your insurance or the face value, call it death benefit, doesn't go through probate. So they have the money instantly within days to take care of your funeral, to, to, to give you a befitting burial, and to handle other things. That doesn't go through probate. The check comes directly to you, right? There is no, they're not gonna quickly try to liquidate something or whatever small thing you kept around and go through the stress. Why do you want them to go through that? Now, that is the basic definition of life insurance, right? But there are just two types. If somebody comes um, and talks to you about life insurance, ask him, are you talking about death insurance or living insurance? Whoa, you said what? Living insurance. Yeah. Death insurance is the one that you die. Then your family gets something. That is term. Termite. It terminates. You can buy it for 10 years. You can buy it for 20 years. You can buy it for 40 years. But it, after that, you renew it. It goes up at the attained age. Meaning if you bought it when you were 10 years old, when you are now 20 years old, you are not going to pay the same. Your risk of dying has increased. It's just as simple. But there's permanent insurance. Permanent meaning you have it. Whether you live 150 years, it's going to be there. So long as you pay your premium. Now, um, Uncle AK asked the question, is there an age when you should start life insurance? Always there an age where you cannot have life insurance. I'll answer it in two parts, just as simple as that. After two weeks when a child has uh, social security, that in America, if you know what the rich and the average people that read do, they get them a policy. They create million dollar babies with permanent life insurance. How? It is first of all cheap. This, the risk of dying with that kid is almost zero. They pay almost nothing. And they could tailor a surgery by the age 45, 50, 60. They have a million dollars in cash value. That is a whole different ballgame that I'm going to touch on later. What is cash value life insurance? It only comes with permanent life insurance. But you, you're saying, well, well maybe I'm 20, 30, 40. Do I have the same opportunity? Yes. Why not? You can obtain insurance as so long as you're in good health. Up to, because as you age, the risk of you dying or having some illnesses, you know, increases. And so if you're in good health and you get approved, anybody can get life insurance. But with term, up to a certain age, you may not be able to say at 80, they're not going to give you term. They know you're going to die very soon. And the cost of insurance, if it's permanent for you at 70 or 75 for most carriers, is going to be very, very high. Meanwhile, you could lock that in as soon as you learn about things, this and as soon as you're able. Some of us that were not born here, our parents are not here. We have to do it ourselves if our parents did not already do it for you. Some of us were graduating with a loan of 100 and 150, 200,000. And our, uh? the same person you were sitting in class with doing the same thing, graduate with the same degree of the different race, the wide race, and where the, the parents were more knowledgeable, bought life insurance for them when they were very young. 
and it's and the saving element build cash they can now access that cash they paid yes to student loan they don't have no loan you see them driving in a ferrari and then down the road and they buy their house to pay nothing you are financing you are working for the banks and and, and that's why we're ever broke mm. you mentioned something about cash value life insurance can you okay. break that down some more for us simply put cash value we call it cash flow insurance okay Cash flow insurance is overfunding a permanent life insurance policy in order to use the cash value as a saving vehicle and personal bank. I will say it again. Overfunding a permanent life insurance policy in order to use the cash value as a saving vehicle and personal bank. There's two big words there. Okay, saving vehicle personal bank and it only comes with what whole life insurance or whole life permanent insurance there are different kinds of products out there in the market there's whole life you've probably the, the most current and uh, um and the golden ones in the market now are indexed universal life universal life variable universal variable life those are different um kinds of insurance, but they are all permanent insurance, but they have different characteristics as defined by the IRS, okay, and the insurance industry. Okay, so let me just talk on cash value, because all of them has the cash value component. What is, now that you have secured, if you talk about life insurance to anybody, you have to, first of all, let them know they are buying life insurance and nothing else. Okay, first is that peace of mind, the protection. If it is $500,000, if it is a million dollars, if you qualify at very young age, the chance of qualifying for a million, two million, three million is very small. You pay nothing for that. But why? You create an instant estate. You buy wealth instead of building wealth. You create an instant estate. You pay probably $100. If you are like in your 20s, you're probably going to pay about $100, $150 for about $500,000 policy. For the rest, it's locked in there for life. If you wait 10 years to buy that percent policy, you're probably going to be paying $400. Now, whether you get sick or not, it doesn't matter. But what is that cash component in there? Permanent life insurance in general. I'm not going to try to... It's a topic of a different day where we could like, okay, what is whole life? Or what if we want to delve into that? We could explore that later. But permanent life insurance has a cash component, which is that saving vehicle, right? Guaranteed, given to us by the uh, internal revenue uh, system and the government. So how does it work? Now, when you pay your premium, when you pay your premium, there is a small portion that goes to pay actually the risk that the insurance is carrying. But remember, when you get a policy, you take the risk off your shoulders and you hand it to the insurance company. Anything happens the day after you approve, they pay. They claim, they pay. That's the contract. It is a contract. And they are the most solid. They're very solid. You know, so... Um, 
So when you pay your premium, you cover that small cost for insurance. When they quote you, they quote you what we call the target premium. So inside that target premium, there are two components, the insurance component and then their cash saving component. So the small portion that goes to cover the risk that they're carrying for you for that face value that you bought. The rest gets into what we call the saving element, which is what? The vehicle, the saving vehicle that grows over time. And then the IRS has guaranteed what? It is tax, it grows tax deferred or tax free, you call it. I will use the word tax deferred. So those are the tax advantages that comes with it. Okay, with indexed, uh, so indexed universal life and other forms of insurance, you don't, you don't get to, when you take the money, the government doesn't tax you. It was growing tax deferred. So at any you when you assess that money, you don't get taxed on it. The death benefit gets passed to your family untaxed as well. Why? Because Uncle Sam did not want to be going after poor widows that need that small money to live on. He let you take it, let him, let you, I'd encourage you to buy insurance so that insurance can take care of the, the, them when you are not there instead of Uncle Sam having to, to, to carry that responsibility, right? So that's why the, if you have a 500,000, a million dollar, if it grows to a million dollars, um, they don't have to tax that. So the cash component or the saving vehicle, it grows over time, credited at, um, if it is whole life, it's credited at a fixed interest rate. So if it is indexed, what does index tell you? It is telling you that it is indirectly tied to the stock market. You are not directly in the stock market, but it's, it's indirectly tied to the stock market. So it is pegged against an index and it's your gain or whatever the credit you, you can never lose it. Whether the stock market reaches the ceiling or reaches the floor, your money is there for you anytime, T. And it can only grow. You can only get the upside of it. And then it is in, it's a hedge against inflation, meaning if the stock market goes below zero, you, have, you don't get down there. Think of the, the, the 401k that you have. Uh, today's up there, tomorrow is down here. You know, you don't know what is even going to be there. So people use these cash saving elements. I told you they're super rich. They buy it and then they stuff it, right? They fund it such that it helps them supplement what? Their retirement because that is guaranteed. That money will, it is guaranteed. And then it, you could take that same money for kids' college to pay for school. You can buy a house. You can fund, buy cars. And you could live life as you want to live. But there are limits. You cannot just put whatever you can put. So based on your age and how much face value you buy, the IRS will determine how much you can overfund that policy to. Okay? From a couple of thousands to when or whatever. It just depends. There are algorithms that makes that work. So it is, this is the secret out there. And if you can do that consistently without letting that policy goes into what we call a MEC, a modified endowment contract, according to the law, okay, that governs it, then you get to, ac- to enjoy all the tax benefits that come with it. It grows tax deferred. You get it. You can access it anytime. It is your money. Guess what? The banks that we take our money to, Keep that same money called TS1 Capital where? With the insurance companies. Go look at Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and big companies like Johnson & Johnson, and so on and so forth. Where is their money? JP Morgan, 
They have billions upon billions of their tiers one. The tier one capital is the most secured capital that they are required to keep. Where do they keep it? In the bank where you keep yours? No. They're keeping it with the insurance company. Why don't you get ahead of the line and, and keep your own money there and make your own bank, personal bank? Remember, part of that definition I read to you was what? Personal bank. You're probably asking, what is that? Well, that cash value element that you have built, no matter how much it is. Remember I talked about million dollar baby? If at 40, 45, that child now has a million dollar cash in that policy they can access, guess what they can do with it? They can start a business. They can find other better investment opportunity and put that money in there. That if they have a better return. Because their return, even in that cash value, is guaranteed. I will come back to something later, but let me give you guys room to say something. I've thrown a lot at our audience. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so for starters. Yeah, nothing, nothing but good things. Um, so, uh, you know, it's not that we were um, uh, lost for, at a loss for questions. We just wanted to take in as much information as possible. Um, and everything that you said was, uh, part of it, a lot of it was things we already had on our mind. But I just want to uh, bring up something now that you, you uh, mentioned the sort of million dollar baby policy and and uh, essentially uh, the, the benefits there. Is there. So you, you mentioned it's best to start from day one. Is there any kind of what's the kind of transition that happens, let's say, from a single person that's saving for, for life insurance? versus a married person or if that single person transitions over into marriage does that still carry over or what are the implications there great questions um mm -hmm. life insurance it, it ensures you based on your life expectancy okay so you your wife or your spouse i would call it and your kids each of you have insurable interest on one another Okay, insurable interest means you can take a life insurance policy on them. You cannot just go down the road and grab somebody and take a life and, and, and insure them, right? It's, it's not going to work. Like anybody insuring people just to stop it and so they can make use of the money, right? So um, when you get married, nothing changes, right? You, the flexibility, there's flexibility in the permanent life insurance policies, but your wife could take out their own policy. Because if it comes to paying claims, they're not going to pay claims for you, both of you at the same time. You'll pay claims either for you or for your wife, okay? Or for your kid. So if you do get married, it doesn't change anything. When they're giving you the policy, they're looking at when you could possibly pass away or how you could maximize it according to IRS. So I would just say it doesn't affect anything. For your kid, if you insured your kid, if you have kid, in the case of the married person, now, at some point in their lifetime, you may say, hey, kid, I think you're responsible enough. Here's your gift. But you, the policy owner, has all the rights. The policy owner has all the rights on that policy. You will not be pressured at any time. You want to keep it until you die with it. That's your, that's your business. And it doesn't stop that kid from taking out an insurance policy on themselves when they are able to. You see what I'm saying? 
But you could say, hey, kid, you are 35. I think I have a 50 or $100,000 in this policy. Well, I need to pay off my mortgage. I'm going to take it. But here, here's the policy. Take it. They can start building their own cash value. But if you really love that kid and took that policy for the reason of, you know, for why you, the reason why you took it was that you want to help them go through school. You can take that $100,000 cash value in there, simple application, no credit score, whatever, with that deposit into your account. You could then buy them a car, pay for room and board, pay for their school. And when they are responsible, because the reason why am I saying responsible, responsible? If you hand it to them when they do not know anything yet or know what it means to, 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 to be a wealth, they can take it and go to Las Vegas, bam. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, do you want to do that and spoil your kid? No, but you mm-hmm. can use all that money in there for good, for their good and for your own good and for the good of the family. And mm-hmm. rates are locked in for life. If it, it, meaning therefore that their premiums will never increase. Mm-hmm. If, if you take a policy for a two-year, uh, one-year-old, maybe paying $100 a month, it will always be $100. But if you go now to take a policy on yourself, believe me, it's probably going to be about $200 or $200 plus. So I, I, doesn't affect I, that. I just want to just want to add one more thing because um, you mentioned again. I want to harp on that personal bank and savings vehicle. I, I think from what I'm gathering is, is you know, it is a, a, a greater difference uh, when we talk about savings, you know, personal savings versus this uh, savings vehicle, right? There's the benefit of compounding interest. There's the benefit of time. There's the benefit of growth. Uh, and I, I, the reason why I mention this is because so. The, the mistake we often make, especially as younger people, is to think that, you know, especially in the context of you're getting married or you're having kids, you want to put money aside for them, but you're not, you know, and we typically only think of a savings account or even just putting money aside as cash, but not in a vehicle, like you said, that is literally designed to grow. So the difference between putting $100 in a savings account for how many years versus putting it in a life insurance policy, those are two, the, 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 you're literally talking about wealth building versus no wealth. Am I correct? Oh my, my God, you nailed it. So, mm-hmm. wow, thank you for, um, I hope our listeners really get it. Um, yes, yes. If you were to plant, Joe, if you envision, or if you want to eat apples tomorrow, uh, someday, some point at some point in time tomorrow, okay? When is the best time to plant that tree? As soon as possible. I would say right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you want to eat those apples tomorrow, you cannot. If you wait to plant that tree tomorrow, I don't think it will be there, or it will grow as you want, or you will have those apples to eat. It goes the same with compounding interest, with money. In finance, there's what we call the time value of money. When they give you your mortgage and they tell you, say, oh, um, 30 years mortgage versus, you know, 15 year mortgage, the longer the time, the more compounding works, you know, for your benefit. Compounding interest that you just mentioned that is the fifth wonder of life, according to Albert Einstein. 
it is so powerful that, and some of us don't even know it. You talked about saving. I thank you for bringing that up. What is the interest rate? The last time I checked this week, it was 0.62% at my local credit union. 0.62. Have you ever heard about, let me throw this, um, as is, have you ever heard about rule 72? No. What's rule 72? The rule of 72, I'm going to explain it to you. This is what business people use to quickly tell when their money is going to double up. So if I put $1,000 down, are you asking me to invest in this thing? If a good business person or somebody has financial knowledge can use the rule of 72 to tell how many years or months they okay. them for their money to double up. So rule 72, according to financial uh, literature, if you take 72, the number 72, how it works, it's been figured out already, okay? 72 divided by, if you have a calculator, you could do that, divided by the interest rate. I'll give you simple. If you divide 72 by 4%, your money, you have $1,000, it would double in 18 years. Take 72 divided by 0.5. We're talking about what? 144 years? 144. Who lives for 124 years? <laughs> 144. If, 144. <sighs> Imagine I gave that bank yesterday $10,000 and they guarantee me in a certificate of deposit called a savings or in a savings account, whatever you want to call it. They are all the same. And they guarantee me what? They guarantee, let me just say 1%. Let me, let me just be ridiculous. 1%. Money is cheap out there. And then so after 72 years, they're going to give me 20000 But if I could get another investment somewhere that they could pay me 4%, by rule of 72, after 18 years, I get 20000 After another 18 years, it's, it, you see, compounding just goes crazy. So if somebody offers you a certain return. Just divide 72 by that. So, okay, so you're saying that I will get two times this investment in so, so, so amount of time. And, and then compare investment and see what it makes sense. Why? How does this tie into with life insurance? Remember, the market does not affect that money in your savings element. No. You have the risk have already been taken off your shoulder and put on the shoulders of the insurance company. So whether the market is going up and down, you know, when you look at the stock market, you see the zigzag, um, uh, if you work in uh, healthcare, um, you see that, you know, there's kind of a VTAC, and you're like, you think that person is gonna survive? So, it, but it, indexing, you, 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 like you're climbing the stairs and going upstairs, it locks it. When the market is going down, it stays right there. The market comes back up, it goes back. Simple analogy. When the stock market is at say 20% and you had 100,000 and then it, the market falls the next morning to by 50%, how much money is in your account or in your stock portfolio? You probably have 50,000, right? Yeah. Next morning or next week, they say the market recovered uh, by 50%. Wait a minute. Think again. 
Do you think the market recovered by recovering by that same fifty percent that it lost? You went up now from one hundred thousand to one hundred fifty thousand. Think that. Think again. Okay. This is a secret. I'm leaking their secrets to you. You, when the market started coming back, you were now at fifty thousand. You get it? Yes. Mm-hmm. By fifty percent, fifty percent of that, you just add twenty-five percent to it. So you are now at what? Seventy-five thousand. You haven't come back to where you started falling and free fall. Mm. You still lost. The market recovered by fifty percent. You used to be still lost twenty-five thousand. Yeah. In indexing. I am still at the hundred, and I am being credited, you know, to cover for inflation. So when market comes back fifty percent, I get fifty percent. So you are at seventy-five. I'm probably at one twenty-five. Do that for ten, twenty, fifteen years, and then take taxes out of it. You still got to pay Uncle Sam though. Get that part. For every penny you make, Uncle Sam gets what depends on what your tax rate is. For tax purposes, I'm not going to be. I'm not a tax specialist. Consult your tax I'm a, a specialist on this, okay? And and legal advice. But um, you have to. If your tax rate is 25%, 33%, you have to pay that. There's just no way, and you pay it instantly. So you could pay the tax now. You could pay it later. Or you could take advantage of it by investing what Roth IRA, Roth um, um, uh, what is a Roth IRA, or you could put it in indexing, which is what we're talking about: the saving elements in your insurance account. Period. What else is there? I, I'll just say two things um, before I let uh, one of my fellow colleagues ask a question. But I think that is part of the uh, background hysteria that we wouldn't have understood when all this market fluctuation was going because each time there was a rebound or uh, a new high for the NASDAQ or whatever, all those that had their uh, insurance policies, I'm sure they were more than happy. Um, and I think the other part of that is, is also that, um, well, I probably even forgot it now. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, um, that was really, really, valuable information. I'll hand it over to Aziz to ask another question. Man, first, I just wanted to let you know that you're a cheat code that I've been waiting for for a long time. So you're right on time. <laughs> Thank you. Sir. Second, I want to give you a practical example because this actually has happened. It's happening to me currently. So mm-hmm. one of my personal banks has been calling me because they say I have too much money in the account and they want me to diversify, right? So they mm-hmm. want me to put it in uh, money marketing and do this and do that and da 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 and anytime I don't have peace in something, I always pause on everything. So I was very happy that you came. So is what you're saying is I should put the majority of my funds in a permanent insurance account because with compound interest, I'm going to make more than enough back than if I left it in a bank account, even if they gave me a money marketing option or they, talk, they talked about uh, high interest CDs and blah, blah, blah. You know how those personal bankers talk and try to get you to throw your money into different things to, to benefit the bank. What's the best option? Wow. This is a very, very practical question that relates to somebody in a, in a real situation. Yes. From my background as a licensed financial professional and also background in finance, 
Diversif diversification is what they teach us in business school. Okay. Remember, when I started, I said, life insurance with the saving element and the living benefits, I have not, I'm only scratching the surface. Is the cornerstone on your foundation of building wealth. Remember, I mentioned foundation. I didn't say this is it all. Mm -hmm. You say this is it all, run. You get it? Yes. Now, to answer your question, I'm not just gonna discount your personal banker. He has a reason, he's trying. I think he has a fiduciary responsibility right there. Correct. Esther. Okay, you understand what that means. Mm -hmm. So, a money market account, I could tell you right now, I'm not going to ask you for the interest, but I'm going to guess, is probably something around 1.5 to 2% right now. Right, it's nothing, exactly. So, what is rule 72, Taya? Right. 72 divided by 2 is what? Aha, mm. uh -huh. there we go. Mm. So, if you give, if you could put 10,000, 10,000, not so many people can have 10,000 in their accounts in America. I could tell you that right now. If you can put 10,000 in that account, so it would take you what? 72 divided by two to have 20,000. Wait, what? But if you could have a good diversified portfolio in the stock market, okay? I tell you what, I have studied investment analysis and portfolio management. Even though I'm telling you about this, I'm not completely discounting the stock market, but you want to diversify. Make sure that you sit down with somebody that really, really knows what they're doing, a good uh, broker or whoever you're working with, to have a comprehensive diversified portfolio. Leave it there, never trying to time it. Let them do what they do. There are fees, there are taxes, you pay it, yes. But over time, it will pay off. That is the simple secret of the stock market. You want to go time the market. Can you reason faster than a high-efficiency um, computer or bots? Mm. How much information do you even know about Apple that you want to buy? Mm -hmm. You know about what Apple is going to do tomorrow. You have zero... I mean, even if you do your research, you are not you're probably going to get it right. So that's my advice on that domain. Now, if you need, make sure you have an emergency. What I teach people, we teach people is have an emergency fund. That will take you for six months if you are not able to get off your bed and go to work. Pay your bills, pay your, your, your you know, whatever. Now, if you have that set, that you can leave it in a money market account your emergency, emergency fund, let it be working for you at the snail pace that it is, right? Okay. That's small, another small part of it is, because when you're investing in a, in a stock market, it has high volatility. That is, you're taking yeah. more risk. So there is, there is uh, the risk and reward in, the, in finance is directly uh, uh, correlated, right? Yeah. That is proportional. The more the risk you take, I mean, I mean good risk, smart risk, not dumb risk. Mm -hmm. Okay, the more you, the reward you get. So now you get part of the answer you are looking for. Now, really, really, really diversify. 
I would encourage you, if you do not already have one, to get um, a good uh, permanent life insurance. I would, if you ask my opinion, I would say index universal life. Okay. I already spoke a lot about indexed and then universal life. Why? You create instant estate. If you buy for a million, that is a million. Something happened tomorrow. And I'll explain to you in just in one second. Now, stop it. In the first seven years, stop it. Okay? Design is such that you're putting that money. The cost of your insurance is fixed. Whatever money you're putting there is your money. It's never going to be lost and it's not going over. It can only grow and grow. So, if you look at the S&P 500, based on the illustrations I do sometimes, you look at the last 20 years and look at the S&P 500 um, and the index that we use, we use what? S&P 500, we also use the global index, Hang Seng and the Euro stocks. So if you do that, it's a simple formula. You see that the index universal life on average is coming around between 7 and 9%. While on average, losing and gaining uh, in a simple stock market, giving you about 4%. That is not still bad compared to 1.5% in the money market account, right? right. That's mm -hmm. why I told you it's not a bad idea. But if you are making 9% in that um, IUL that you have, and you have $300,000 or $200,000 build up over some years, money that you know it's there is not going nowhere. Come rent, come sun, it can only go up. And you find a good property or a good investment, or you want to build a company, that money will be there and your fingertips to go and invest in that better opportunity. At the same time, you still have your, 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 your face value probably has grown maybe 1.5 or 2 million. Okay. Now, the, here is the juice, the secret source of this. You take the money by using what? A policy loan. When people hear a loan, they find out. Wait a minute before you freak out. The insurance company gives you your money. You stay in front of the line instead of borrowing it to other creditors. They give you your money from their general account, right? And yeah. they credit you for the company that I work with, which is Chanson. Uh, they credit you 2%. And then they ask you interest about for 2 point guarantee, 2 point, um, um, two, sorry, 2.75%. So I have given you the say your own money. You've taken your money and then I, I, I credit your account every year with 2%. Then I ask you for 2.75%. What's the net? 0.75. It's yeah. just a way to make you responsible. If somebody would have offered you a loan today and asked you to pay 1% interest, wouldn't you say, uh, where is it? Right. There right now. Mm -hmm. But here's the, if you pay that money, you're not even supposed to pay that money back though. No, even though it's called a loan. If no, 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 no. If you, but if you say I want to be responsible because I want to make more money, I want the compounding to keep working in my favor forever, which is your goal, though. You want to do that. But if you don't, no problem. Remember, the cash element gets added to your face amount. So if your cash um, value that is growing, say, is 200,000, and your face amount you started at what, 1 million or 500,000? When it's, uh, you know, they add that to it. So you have now uh, 1,200,000. So if you took that 200,000, live your life the way you want it, and you end up passing away, what your beneficiary gets is what? The 1,200,000 uh, 1, minus the 200,000 you, you, you took and used. So you use your money 
Okay, before you want living. But here is the deal. Living insurance, I call it, has, especially IOI or index universal life, what we call critical protection, um, chronic illness protection, and then um, um, terminal illness protection. What your bank will not give you. So that $1 million that you bought with the $150, $200, or $300 uh, premium, okay, if something were to happen to you tomorrow, you can accelerate up to 90%. That one million, they will write a check and give it to you. Bam! I can there are evidence out there, you know. So you can do whatever you want to do with it. So the doctor determines that well, we don't think that in the next twelve months you're going to be around. After that, you can ask the recorded accelerated death benefit. So the insurance company gives you what ninety percent of that face amount for you to spend and take care of yourself, do whatever. The ten percent is reserved so that when you pass away, your family should still get what some money to handle your after death, take care of stuff, right? If you were diagnosed with stroke, cancer, we call that like a critical illness. You could, they start, they section it about 24%, it depends. And then up to 90% why you struggle through that illness. You can take that and say, well, I'm not going to watch that mortgage. Boom, I paid this, paid or everything, everything. And you said, look, I'm fine. Whatever money I'm going to be living with it. If I feel better, fine, I'll go back to work. I don't know nobody, okay? The family has no stress. And, and say you have diabetes and maybe they amputate one of your legs and you cannot do, perform what? Three activities of daily living. Say you cannot toilet yourself, you cannot eat, you cannot put up your pants. Then you can see they start accelerating part of that um, face amount up to 90%, depending on how long that is. That what kind of investment can you get? Let me sum it. You get all what I just named: chronic illness, terminal illness, and and, and um, critical illness. With that, you get tax advantages. Your money grows tax deferred. You get it distribution. There is no minimum required minimum distribution though. At, there's no age. You can get it tomorrow. No. So. All these, and then it is growing over time. You still have that protection for your family. Tell me an investment that has this. There is no, there is no match. This cost it is Swiss pocket knife. Financial, uh, they call it a financial pocket knife. And this is written by um, James um, Stoddard. And it is very, very, it, it, it is incredible what we're learning. If you just apply it, if you, so it gives you protection and it gives you the savings element. What is protection? You have what? Tax-free death benefit. You bypass probate. We talked about that. Uh, multiple settlement mm -hmm. options. You can choose any. For the living benefit, we talk about critical, chronic, uh, long-term care and terminal illness. Many of us are going to end up in, in a nursing home. How are you going to pay for it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're going to go put you in a crappy um, uh, Medicare uh, facility <laughs> and you die of whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that book. We're definitely going to probably uh, mention it in the show notes. I just want to add one thing before I hand over to AK because we're probably going to wrap up very soon. Um, I just uh, remember that thought that I was going to mention earlier. Um, it's just, and I'm tying certain things together to, to kind of 
make sense of it, not just for ourselves, but for the listeners as well. But um, they always say that it's not how much money you make, but how much money you keep. And typically, you know that any business that started, the very one of the first things they do, besides making sure they have legal channels, financial operations, sales, marketing, all that, there's always uh, a provision for insurance, right? So that they, they know that they're covered in case of any unforeseen losses. And I think one of the things that's so powerful about what you've, you know, kind of shed light on as far as life insurance, it's that, you know, we talk so much about uh, work and, you know, what's purpose and uh, how do you, you know, make lots of money. But the one thing they always say that you have to also um, keep in mind how much money you've earned over your lifetime versus all the spendings and debt that you had and what you actually kept as a residual. And what you've really harped on is the fact that having that life insurance is a way to guarantee that your you know, life is not spent in vain, so to speak. So that regardless of uh, your, your spending habits over time, you're at least making sure that you're putting that savings vehicle or that personal bank uh, within your sort of family unit or household or um, to those that matter most. So I just want to make sure that that's uh, sort of understood. Wonderful. I really appreciate you, Joe. And that ties it all up because one third of our lives are going to, of our earnings are going to be going for taxes. You pay the taxes already. And then they tell you, Put the rest of your money in 401k and then it grows tax effect. Guess what? At 59 and a half, you could start taking it. But when you reach, I think it's 70 years now, if you have not started, they'll force you to take it. Why? They want their share. There's somebody that owns a share of it. Who is that? The IRS, right? Mm-hmm. So think about it. What if you could still grow that money tax deferred and you could get it tax free, pass it from generation to generation? Here, you, we were talking about creating intergenerational wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, right. I mean, we can, this is we can sit here and we could chop this up for the next two, three, four, five hours. You know, the conversation will keep flowing and flowing. But I want us to. You know, at least give the listeners some room to at least digest, you know, all the information that you've already, you know, thrown at us, you know, because we too, we digesting it, you know. So um, I want us, you know, I want us to close it like this. With everything that we've said, what is one thing, one thing, if not everything that you've mentioned so far, what is one thing that you want the listeners to take with them as they close this episode? Wow. Our dear listeners, if you are listening today, Right now, I want to talk to you. I want, I, 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 I'm looking at you, I'm talking to your heart. My heart is talking to your heart. If you have not yet taken a policy to protect yourself, protect your family, now is the right time to do it. Plant that tree right now. Don't wait till tomorrow because you do not know what will happen when you step out of your door tomorrow or what your next uh, visit at the doctor's office will bring. Okay, so um, that is my greatest advice, and then we can go from there. Start thinking about building wealth, creating inter- intergenerational wealth. 
We have to break this chain, this bondage of poverty, especially with us, you know, um, black men and, and, and women. We have to, to rise up and embrace this. If I was born broke, I'm broke now. I don't want my kids and my grandkids to be broke. Start thinking in that light. And let's not be working for the banks. They are popping up everywhere. What do they produce? Your paycheck goes right to them. Before you come, they've inflated it 10 times and they lend it out to you in terms of credit card. And you pain, you are grinding in the rat race. Please start by protecting yourself. If you need more information, you got my email um, right there um, through the platform. You could always reach out to me or reach out to our host and uh, he will, uh, we will make sure that we answer your questions. Um, if we have to set up a one-to-one -one, um, illustration or personal conversation or more understanding, we will do just that. Thank you, Dr. Oliver Taku, um, for, you know, your time. Uh, you know, you're a busy man, you know. Could have been anywhere in the world. You know, the cliche say you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, you know what I mean, chapping. Uh, life insurance. Uh, we hope that, you know, the listeners, you've, you know, the last message you gave, we hope that resonate with you you know we hope that you can at least go into the description and of course his emails are going to be in the email and the description is right and you can you know take that email email him um if you want a quick chat you know i can link you up with him as well no you know, no doubt uh, and yeah this episode was sponsored and po or powered by stuck in the podcast again go subscribe to our youtube channel follow them on all social platforms at power central and also subscribe to the um, streaming platforms, all streaming platforms at SITM Podcast. And also subscribe to all streaming platforms at Power Central. We're on all streaming platforms. And um, subscribe to our social platforms at Power Central as well. DM us with questions, comments, concerns. This episode right here, you know what I mean? Again, if you want to be linked to our host, I mean our guest, just DM us, man. Easy. We'll link you. No worries. Don't be scared. It's free. You don't got to pay nothing. It's free. Again, very, very free. Just e either email or DM. Dr. Dr. Taku, man, you're a gem and you're a hidden gem in our community. And um, I'm so happy that um, people are going to begin to know who you are and the information that you're going to use, use to free our people is going to be powerful. Uh, thank you for your time. I'm looking forward to part two. You were yeah. right on time in my, in my life. And, um, I've been blessed tremendously. God willing, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy uh, sharing with you and uh, our audience. Uncle AK, thank you for this opportunity. Hey, Joe. Hey, um, you're insightful. Uh, Follow-up comments. I hope uh, our listeners really enjoy it. Uh, enjoy. Feel free to reach out to me. I will be back um, when they provide a slot for me. Thank you. Thank you very much. As usual, man, we out.
Turn the lights low. Can you feel the fire? Can you feel the fire now? 